Welcome to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow-Up Podcast. Our goal is to help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us. Now, let's join our team as we get to follow up, break down, and gain deeper insight into this week's message. Welcome to the Transformation Church Weekly Follow Up Podcast. Uh, hey guys, no, it's uh, we're good to be here. Justin, what's up? Give him a big welcome. How hey we guys, do. what's going on? Welcome to the the podcast. Um, <laughs> that wasn't very big. Yeah, well, well yeah. <laughs> mediocre at best. <laughs> so uh, welcome to the podcast. It's a new feature. We're we're taking the the podcast yeah. that, that a lot of people listen to weekly on podcast and uh, bringing it to Facebook and uh, rolling out some other places. So. Uh, Glad you're with us. Uh, we got a guest on the show. Eli Fitch. Eli introduced himself. <laughs> well, yeah, it was a really long pause. I was like, I don't I don't know what to do here. Eli Fitch and uh My man Eli. So the long story short, the reason Eli, one of the reasons Eli's here is he he said he had to redeem himself. Y'all was roasting me. I we roasted to. him last week. Well look. First of all, first of all, let me speak first. <laughs> if everybody we roasted wanted to come on the show to redeem themselves, that would we We'd would never a get a list. show done. Well, I just I get privilege. Um, oh no, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I thought you were going there. <laughs> no, okay. So, go ahead, go ahead. Say what you got to say. Say your piece. I will. I will, and then I'll leave. I can leave after this. Stop. Uh, Y'all were coming after my driving. You were saying there was no specifically, y'all. Brad. You're right. You kind of defended me. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that was the softest fist bump <laughs> in the history of fist bumps. I, oh, I got to speak about fist bumps in a second. But all continue. right. Okay. So Brad said I'm a bad driver because I drive too cautiously. Pain, too cautiously. Very yeah. slow. I only do that when other people are in the car because I don't want them to think I'm a bad driver. Oh, so I see. I will have you know, I'm an awful driver, <laughs> but in the opposite <laughs> spectrum, I drive ridiculously fast all the time for no reason. It's, I haven't got a speeding ticket yet. So, Escambia County Sheriff's Office, PPE. Ah! <laughs> if you're looking for a silver key of soul out There's there. There's tons na- of them. Named Sammy Davis Jr. Yes. If you want to. Because <laughs> it has soul. Oh, okay. Um, I need to name my car then. You, I thought it's the it's boo. It's the boo. Well, that's not really a name. It's, uh, it's your boo. It's my boo. Yeah. <laughs> so, are you going to name her? Nah. All cars are girls. Yeah. They are. I think well, so. except Sammy Davis Jr., the one exception. Oh, yeah. Listen, you would a Kia Soul is ah. definitely a girl. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely a girl. Yeah. Soul? Should name Leave it to Eli to name his car after a guy. Maybe Aretha Franklin. That one, I thought about that one. You know. Aretha? Are we going to change it to Aretha? Could we, I like Whitney Houston better. In, well. oh, careful with that. You can like Whitney. So her new, the new name is Whitney? I think we, we yeah. We're we're can go what's wrong with Whitney? We're, we're we can go with Whitney. We're, we're making a statement on the podcast. Statement on right the now. podcast. My new my, my new car's name is Whitney. Why are you hesitant about Whitney? That's quite a, quite a vocalist. There, she, well, there's so many jokes that are going through my head yeah, right now. I mean, I'm just going to leave that alone. She may have dabbled, but... 
Anyways. So, <laughs> so, yeah, Eli's on the podcast. My man's been rocking with us uh, on staff for about 10 weeks now. Something like that. Way too long. 10, 20, no, it's been about three months. <laughs> Golly. It been that long. Yeah, because like, he started before we went into AMC. We've been there for two and a half months Well, already. but I haven't, like, been officially on staff. Well, that's true. Yeah, you were just, close. you were, like. Here. I just yeah. showed up. Yeah. So my advice to anyone looking for a job, just show up to a place long <laughs> enough. They'll just give you something. Just kidding. We don't go to, don't go to Target. Give you, we definitely give you stuff to do. But Yeah. I mean, yeah. so I don't know. Go to like Target, wear a red shirt, carry around a broom with you. Make sure you have a rag in your back pocket at all times. Makes you look busy. That's right. And uh, someone might you don't want to get yelled at for the job you're not supposed to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> for not doing the job you're not supposed to be doing. Yeah. I don't even work here. It's like Seinfeld. Are y'all yeah. Seinfeld fans? When no, Kramer not did a, no. Before my time. What? I think I just oh, missed that's it. way before your time. I, like my generation just missed it. You're a little older than me. <laughs> no, barely. How much older? I watched it with my dad, though. It's He's a great two, show. two years older than me. He's 34. It's I'm 33. It's a great show. That means we're the same age. <laughs> Didn't you guys go to high school together? No. no. Listen, Not no one went to high school with Justin Oswald. No okay. Nobody. You were in... I went to another school. I don't know. I knew all of them, but in, I, I went to another school. In another town. Another town. Another in a, a completely different area. Different county. Yeah. What school was it? Central High School. Central High Central. School. Central. Class of CHS 2003, baby. All 12 of them graduated. Sweet. There's more they did that. it at somebody's house in the 30, backyard. It was 33. Like a shotgun <laughs> wedding. <laughs> Right. Shotgun graduation. Shotgun graduation. Yeah. It was more than twelve. It was thirty three. Yeah. In my graduating class. God, dog. I graduated in the top ten. <laughs> <laughs> I always used to tell me that I graduated in the top ten in my class. How many? Thirty three. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, a, and it's in Central a, Florida. Well, I'm barely certain. No, it's not Central Florida. No, Central High like, School. Central Cent- High School. Well, it's in Milton. Yeah. Yeah. I know where well, it's at. North of Milton. Kind of. What do you mean Central Florida? Then I didn't. I don't know why I said. Central Are you as bad at geography as John is? God no. <laughs> John's behind the camera. John's going to have to come back to redeem himself. After yeah, this. John, John's coming back next week. Like, My man listen, said okay, South yo. America was in Africa. <laughs> Two continents, y'all. Two continents. It's all right. Yeah. So uh, he can make a graphic, though. He can make a mean graphic. He makes a mean graphic. And he set all this up. He did. Well, yeah. we. Well, oh, well, he did. Anyways. So throw him under the bus like that? You could have gave him credit. He said we. You guys put a camera on a tripod. <laughs> I I think I did something else. Anyways. Yeah. Anyways. You, so, changed, uh, you changed your Instagram name. That was what you did. I had to. While John was working. What's your new Instagram name? If they want to follow you oh, on Instagram. God. I already forgot. Oh, wow. Eli yeah. underscore Fitch 15. Why 15? The how old you act? It was, it was, all right. It was Eli year, underscore Fitch was already taken. No, I graduated 17. Oh, my gosh. You graduated 2017 from high school? That makes my head hurt. That was just a couple years ago. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, like, yeah we're not. Yeah, two. <laughs> I literally, literally a couple. just graduated. Yeah, golly. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Okay, moving on. So, Sunday was good. It was good. Sunday was, I mean, it was interesting, but it was good. It, a lot was popping off Sunday. There was a lot popping off. And what I love about it is like so many things can be going on behind the scenes and people have no idea other than if they saw the lights go out. <laughs> Bro, <laughs> like I, can't, I can't begin to tell you the level of stress whenever I... <laughs> all right, so backstory. Uh, so one of our totems went out just 
full power down. Which is one of the things that holds a bunch of our lights. Yes. You yeah. can't use nerd talk on Sorry. the podcast. Yeah. No one knows one what we're talking about. So one of, things, one yeah. of our lighty standy poles was, uh, it, it went down and I freaked out. I was pushing buttons on the console and Kyle, as you, as you do, bless his heart having to deal with me he was like power it's the power i was like ah that would make the most sense (laughs) so i go over to the like walk around the corner to where it's plugged in at and uh you could believe my surprise whenever i saw the plug in the wall but the cable on the ground yeah somebody had to yank that bad boy right out immediate panic (laughs) yeah because how do we plug this in real quick you don't. You don't. You, you, the, cr- the thought didn't cross your mind to like take each wire and like plug it into the wall socket. Like, I should. It, yeah, I don't know why I didn't do that. I've been afraid I got shocked or something. Well, well, I would have been jaded. I got shocked if he was plugging it in, but yeah, well. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So uh, Eli comes walking around the corner, holding the extension cord, wires and all, and he just no. hold. He looked at me from across the auditorium and just holds it up like. No, it was just the Edison. It was just like the plug part. Oh, I thought you were holding the cord. No. Oh, I was like, <laughs> so he just, he's holding it and he's like, so about that time, me and Pastor Dan are walking to go on the platform, right? And so uh, I run into John and when I run into John, I'm like, I don't know what's going on over there, but Kyle needs help. <laughs> he was like, what? And I was like, just go. <laughs> so John like runs around the place and gets all the way there. Um, and then when he gets there, uh, he has to like jump over a handrail to get to the soundboard. So Kyle can take his handy dandy screwdriver and go over there and fix the extension cord to plug it in. Um, and then right at that time, me and Pastor Dan start talking on these microphones. Well, Kyle obviously wasn't there to unmute him. John doesn't even like, he just hopped the handrail. So he's sitting there. So he finally gets us all unmuted and it turned out great, but Boy, it was something. Most people didn't even notice. No one, half the people, other than people that were like, man, the left side of their face looks oddly dark um, <laughs> until the lights came back on when Kyle got a fix. But uh, Shout out to Kyle. Shout out to Kyle. It happens. Kyle's the MacGyver. So it's like, Kyle, do you have, and then anything that follows that you could use to like build a car? He has it in his backpack. <laughs> Kyle, do you have a screwdriver? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Side pocket. Do you have a wrench? Yes, it's in the front pocket. Where would I locate the flux capacitor? Yeah. The <laughs> T66 turbos. So, um, but it was a good day. Uh, all that aside, man, it was, it, it's been good. I'm glad fall is here. Um, all of our people, man, I'm glad you guys got to go on vacation. I'm glad you guys got to go do things with your family. I'm glad you're back. So, uh, uh, it's been, it's been good to have the church body back together, but it's sometimes just that way. So, I mean, what other time are you going to go? Might as well take advantage. Yeah. Right. So, um, but yeah, man, so summertime, everybody did their thing. Everyone's rolling back in. So we're on the heart of the house series, which has been good fire yep um you know it's been encouraging we had a lot of guests sunday some of you guys yeah. might be watching us now like man it's i think 12 12 they, get, they yeah, yeah, 12 cards turned in so that's usually you know that's like that. you know 10 to 12 families so mm-hmm. you don't really know how many guests per se uh, that includes but man it was incredible uh just to see you know new faces popping up and um man just um yeah 
seeing the growth, new people excited about the vision and, you know, you're in a new location. So people are finding you. So yeah, all kinds of cool stuff. It was great. It was fun. And we're in the heart of the house series. So we're just walking our way through the code, um, which man, most people don't know me and you, like how much time do we spend on the code? Quite a bit. We spent like, what was that? A couple days. A couple days slammed up in an office with whiteboards two, two and computers. Or, two or three days, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. And, uh, Call it the war room, Eli. We call it yeah. We call it the war room whenever our brains have to work over over time and just try to figure out some stuff. But yeah, we went into a war room session, is what we called, and we went like two (laughs) or three of those. Each one of them was like three, four hours long, and try to come up with. We try to narrow it down to ten, and finally we had eleven. We're like, we're just stopping at eleven. Like we're we're not going to work anymore at it. Um, well there's not one you could really cut that you felt right about yeah yeah they all are so important yeah so um for those people that don't know and we don't really get a lot of time to talk about this on sunday but it's like for those people that don't know so the code we use the code like filters like uh every opportunity we have to do something or to try something new or if we come up against a situation and we have to evaluate if we're going to do this or not do that or um, just anything, man, the code helps like keep us on track. So it's kind of like core values. Um, I think some people like would call it like core values, but it's just 11 statements that define who we are, uh, what we do um, <clears throat> and kind of keep our vision on track. So, um, and, and why we do it. And, yeah. And why we do it, which is important. You know, we, we even had a, we had a, a new um, couple new ladies there, uh, on Sunday and I was telling them like, Hey, you know, this is why we do this. This is why we do that. Um, and even telling one of the things they mentioned to me was like, they loved how diverse the church was like from a racial perspective, you know, like there's a lot of ethnicities and, um, it's not like a lot of churches where it's like, we're multi ethnic, we're multicultural, we're multi, you know, we have a lot of races and it's like, you go there and it's like all white people and like, you know, one black guy, you know, it's like, that's not the backbone. Right. Yeah. Like, but you took, you sure got that label. You're flying it really. Technically you are multiracial, but you're not multicultural. And that's true. That's true. Nonetheless. But I was telling them, I was like, they were really excited about that. And I was like, oh man, wait till a few weeks from now. You know, I was so in the heart of the house series. We have a couple portions of our code where we really talk about um, diversity uh, and why it matters to us and some of those things. And so they were, you know, really impressed, but yeah, man. It's good. And all the code comes out of yeah, scripture. Yeah. 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 The Asc- code is essentially, yeah. The code is built around Luke 15. Right. So, um, you know, it's not just like grand ideas we had, you know, it was like really trying to look at who we are, who we want to be. Um, and, uh, pulling some resources from other churches is always helpful. And so we like looked at some of, you know, what are other people saying? How do they describe themselves and really nailing down who we want to be? And yeah, putting putting a lens on it, Eli. And now bean. and now we get to preach it. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> so oh, what'd you call oh. a little bean? Little bean over here. Um That's cute. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh yeah, so now we're preaching through it. This past week was our second week. The first week was just one more. Um, which is a big portion of our code. It's, it's, it's actually, we're kind of driving a movement almost like just one more. So it's hashtag where I, you know, having all our people like post, use it, share it, hashtag it, just one more. Um, 
and letting people really get traction on this idea of like constantly being looking for just one more person, constantly being ready to give so that we can reach just one more person. Like our generosity, everything is really being driven behind that. That was last week. So you can check out all that information, the sermon and the podcast. If you want to scroll back, you can uh, check that out. But this week we really hit on the idea of our passion drives our pursuit. Um, you know, that was the whole, that was the whole kind of point of the sermon. So, um, yeah. And you know, what's funny is you talked about in the message, like I'm looking at the notes to how do we share Jesus? Yeah. And we, even hit those four things. Yeah. I don't remember those being in the sermon. Like, I don't think you're carrying that each week. No, I'm not going to hit it every week, but, but um, yeah. Yeah, that's just some of the stuff we even talked about, making it for the just one more. Yeah. Um, but how, how to share Jesus, those four steps, real simple, good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and really grabbing a hold of it. I mean, <clears throat> and, and the whole idea is like constantly being on mission. I mean, Eli, you've been in church your whole life. You know what I mean? And, and um, you can kind of, sympathize with with this idea Mm -hmm. that i think a lot of us can and it's not bashing where we came from i think there's a lot of good in the in the church world i think there's a lot of good in the way we were brought up Mm -hmm. you know i I love the fact that i was brought up in both my house and my church in a charismatic um you know spirit-filled house and church where we were taught the importance of the holy spirit and man well, like well yeah there's a lot of value in that what's you know? what's funny is um i'll bash some of that sometimes <laughs> and i only and i only can because i came out came out of it you know it's like yeah, for sure you know it's like it's you yeah, have you have permission like you know if you're yeah. Um, if you have never been in something and want to always criticize it, it's like, well, you don't even really know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, like, I experienced that with, we were there. <laughs> I experienced that with Catholicism, you know? Yeah, true, true. And a lot of Catholics know that Protestants really bash them or whatever. My stepmom was telling me that, you know, she runs in that all the time. Uh, and people just have never even stepped foot in a Catholic church and want to bash it and talk about it. Have never really studied what their theology is. Yeah. They just know it's not right. Quote unquote. And, um, you know, it's like when you come out of it, I, I feel like I have a little bit of permission to even criticize something if I want to, or even in good fun. Yeah. Cause, well, yeah, because because <laughs> I will sure, like, I will sure make fun of some charismatics. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> I mean, they nobody's they, off limits. They make it easy. Yeah. There's nobody <laughs> yeah. off limits. Yeah. I mean, that's what we talk about all the time. It's like, listen, when I was growing up, I wouldn't invite none of my friends to church. You know, like, oh my god, ever. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like just so much stuff yeah, popping off. You know. You have to warn them, like, don't sit there if you do. Don't sit. You're going to catch that, a flag in the head. A shofar might go sure, off in a minute. Right, 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 right. <laughs> you have Wait. to explain to your friend, like, why the guy's blowing on a horn, on a goat, on a goat horn. Yeah. <laughs> That's I can't. I can't tell you why she's running from that end to that end with a flag. Right, right, right. Now, I think shofars and are, you know, there obviously there's significance behind it, and they always right. have a meaning. But to someone who's never seen that, Buck it's, wild, it's very it's strange. Like, what is going on? No, right, it's church, and then no one ever explains it. Right, right. That's it's just yeah, that's the thing. It's like no one ever explains it. So it's like when, so, so here we go. P- PSA. When we have cameras now, I can look. PSA. When, if you're a Pentecostal church, when weird, when it's weird to the rest of the people who don't know what's going on, stuff pops off. Explain it, please. Let people know what. When there's happening. a message in tongues and everyone shuts up and you're letting the tongues go, and then there's an like, explain to the one dude in the back who doesn't know what's going on, like what's happening, right? For his sake, he's right. terrified. I promise, he's <laughs> terrified. Lest the world think you're crazy, right? Like, uh, hey. <laughs> 
You know, put the people waving the flags in the back because See, that, I can't concentrate that gets me with all listen. that going on. It looks listen. like Color Guard at the halftime show. But <laughs> 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 for real though, like I'm saved. I'm a pastor, bro. I'm in former worship leader, like worship team member for decades. Like mm-hmm. that's my lane, bro. I still go to these churches and when they got flag people, I'm just like. I'm a- and maybe that's the point. I don't know. I, it, it's definitely not because our worship should be on the Lord and not on this person in a leotard with a flag. <laughs> I tweeted. So. Well, I tweeted last <laughs> last year during the football season that I, there was a game I was watching. I said this oh, game's got gosh. more flags than a Pentecostal sanctuary. <laughs> <laughs> it was oh like, man! Yeah. But, but all that to say, we kid, like, we kid. We, yeah, I mean, we we poke fun at everybody. But it's the the thing is like we'll talk I, about Baptist next week. Hey yo, but oh. I uh, <clears throat> I I appreciate. Um, I do appreciate my upbringing, but like, that's what I was getting at. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, man, we're not, I, I was not probably not going to bring my friends to church. Uh, you know, they would freak out. So, but anyways, yeah, you grew up, I mean, you grew up in these circles here, Eli. Yeah. So, um, you know, how often for you, you know, not my part aside, how often, how often for you were, did you feel like you were like put on mission? To like, like go, like to go reach the world for Christ with the message of the gospel. Um, how long have I been coming to TC? <laughs> uh, I don't know, like a year and a half. <laughs> Not that long. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> no, so <laughs> so growing up, like that was all right then. That yeah, since I've been coming here, like that's the only right. time I've ever yeah, because I wasn't taught that like yeah. i was when it's not in every church's mission yeah it's what it, yeah yeah what it was predominantly like That's a good way to put it driven into my head was like i'm, I'm really trying to yeah, <laughs> tread I, here I, I feel you dog. i'm trying to tread you. very lightly yeah, yeah, uh, yeah that wasn't it wasn't the main goal the main goal what i fo- felt like was um abundant blessings Okay. We're the ah, main focus. That's, that's abundant that's blessings. True. I already yeah. have that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I feel you. That's what I think. You know, it's like, I think there's like a dangerous assumption in churches where it's like, you know, where pastors, leaders, and leadership in general, like, assumes that the people in the church are going to go and like, reach people for the Lord, but they never put them on mission to yeah. do it. They just like, so it's not to say that every, it's not to say that the pastors you grew up with didn't think that was important. Yeah. I think there's just right. an assumption where it's like, well, yeah, yeah, they know to go do that. And it's like, well, do they? It's almost like complacency. Kind of, yeah. Even if it's not on the pastor, if it's on the people, the, <clears throat> the assumption yeah. is, oh, they're at work, they're going to invite people or they're in family or well, neighbors or whatever. Right, 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 right. Yeah. And and the thing is, is it's like, man, I to me, which is why TC does this. Now, with that said, I think there's a lot of great church. There's a lot of great churches in our city that have a different mission than us. A lot of them. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like, um, I do feel like, man, maybe there's ways that we could learn from each other. You know, like we're in a constant state of evaluating. Like, for example, for Sunday mornings for us, because we build so many things around people that have never been in church before. Mm-hmm. So we, we, pay very careful attention to our dialect and the words we use and how we phrase things, the songs we sing, um, because we pay so close attention and we cut away so many things, you know, a conversation just surfaced a month ago for us. It was like, man, are we cutting, are we cutting out aspects of the Holy spirit that are valuable? Mm -hmm. 
right? And so um, we stopped to say, like, man, where, how can we, how can we change what we're doing to give the Holy Spirit more opportunities to move? Now, in my opinion. You don't have to have no game plan for the Holy Spirit to have his game plan. You can prepare a service and have a plan and do all of those things and pray through what the Lord wants to do in your church service a week ahead of time instead of just showing up and going like, we're just going to see what happens. We're going to let the Holy Spirit have his way. It's like he couldn't have had his way on Monday. Y'all well, could have planned this a little better. What's funny, <laughs> I'm, I'm about to go somewhere here. Oh God. Hold on to your butt. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> What's funny is, you know, the, the charismatic world Come on. will will criticize churches that plan their services some. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and they'll use things like, we're going to put God in a box. We don't want to plan anything. Right. Yet, at the same time, we'll plan a revival <laughs> <laughs> and set a date and time for that. Right, right, right. <laughs> right, right, right. Um. Totally true. Got one coming up here, boys. Got one. Y'all yeah. going? The one. Ooh. No. So, so no. I can tell you who will be going. Let's move on. Move on. Move on. So yeah, but that's that's the whole point. Is like a lot of times I just don't. I I think because I always want to assume that pastors have a positive intent. I don't ever want to diss on pastors that I don't yeah, know. Absolutely. Now, some people have made themselves, it's obviously clear what they're about. And so if you're a prosperity pastor that has no introduction, no interest in introducing people for, to the gospel for the sake of an eternal blessing, you'd rather introduce them to the gospel for the sake of paying tithes so that you can have a temporary blessing. <laughs> I do have a problem with that and I'll call them out, but for, for that's other, heresy. That's call heresy. That out. Yeah. Call that out. But, but when it comes to pastors who I genuinely believe have a genuine heart, they just operate a little different than we do. Man, I, don't, I think that, you know, that's a mission of your church. Let God breathe that for you. But I think that we all as pastors can be better at putting our people on mission to reach people for Jesus and teaching them how to do it. Um, you know, it's like that. It's like the, um, the people, the saying people have, where it's like, always preach the gospel and when necessary, use words. It's oh, like, we've talked about this before. It's always necessary to use words to preach the gospel. Like, I get what they're saying. I do too, <laughs> I, which is live the gospel. Because yeah. so many people use words. Preach it, but don't live it. Right, right. Yeah. Which, I, saw your, I saw your post yesterday. Oh, yeah. Did you see oh, that? that was fire, bro. Bro, I was getting some feedback. I, I well, bet so, you were. Those aren't just mine. I had quotation marks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I saw, some lady I ran across on Twitter. Yep. <sighs> Dropping bombs at AE or something. I'm gonna look it up while you say. Yeah, yeah, fire. Uh, But I was just gonna say that drive that leads us kind of to our point one from Sunday, though. What you just said, talking about the, you know, they using words but not living it. You know, we walk what we talk is point one of our. It was the message Sunday. You know, um, I get what they're trying to say, but I agree. You know, yeah. Uh, where's this girl? Where's her name? Where's her name? Uh, Lisa, Lisa Victoria. Yeah, I don't, yeah, Lisa Victoria. I don't know who she is? You said you said too many parents are praying that their kids come back to come back to church without realizing that their private life is their child's biggest obstacle to the faith. They reject the faith that made you nice in church but nasty at home. Boy, Boy. listen, Boy, I know. Listen. I read that. God, yeah. there was another one too about millennials. Yeah, she, she, many, had a, she had a series of tweets. This is fire, bro. <laughs> many millennials resent church because their parents were good at church but not good at life. Come on, yeah, they struggle attending a place that consumed their parents' time but never transport transformed their parent uh, their private life, bro. That's a, that's real talk, right yeah, there. Yeah, that was. That's painfully brutal. That's real talk you for know, church for churches and I, church leaders, yeah. including us. And I, and I I thank 
God, man. I thank God. That was not the case for me. Mm -hmm. I'm so blessed, man. Like I said on Sunday, that's why I had Pastor Dan come up. You know, this is just one more initiative and all that. Like, this isn't new for us. Like, right. we've been living this our whole life because my, my dad lived it. Um, there's no, to me, there's no greater example of someone that shows the love of Jesus to every person he meets, regardless of who they are, what they look like, how much money they have, how they're dressed, et cetera, than my father. Like, Pastor Dan has lived it, and he has lived it my entire life. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, it wasn't like at church he loved everybody but when he saw a homeless person or a woman carrying groceries, he would just let that go. Like, no, like yeah. it, it, our whole life, you know what I mean? Like I was late to karate one time cause he had to help a lady that was carrying groceries down the road. He picked her up and drove her to her house. So she didn't have to walk a mile. That's incredible. You know, yeah. it's like, it's just like that's, he's in that he's constantly there. That's where his mind is always at. It's always been about people. It'll always be about people. And I think he's one of the greatest representations of Christ to the world. And, that, and that truly having the, the spiritual gift, the pastor spiritual gift. Yeah, yeah. he's a, a genuine shepherd. pastor shepherd. Yeah, yeah, totally. He's totally that guy. So, um, but yeah, that's what we talked about. You know, um, the very first point of the sermon Sunday, um, which is um, we walk what we, we talk. walk what we talk. You know, it's like I don't just want to be a mouthpiece that talks about the God that has never transformed my life. You know, and, I mean, and that's the you know going back. You know, uh, talking a little bit about the. The, the churches and the different missions, but you know, the church, the, the church has a, has a purpose, right? And that's like yeah. to glorify God through making disciples. And yeah. then, and then in that, it's introduced the gospel and people, you know, using their gifts and, you know, uh, and all these things. But I mean, we, but we constantly have conversations. We're fixing to, we're fixing to add some tweaks to how we disciple people at our church through our yeah. small groups, yeah. which is the primary way we do it, you know, mm-hmm. um, and instituting and, including some things in, in the small group setting that's free yeah. market that people just gets people together to hang out, build relationships, but to also strengthen those <clears throat> relationships and, and strengthen those walks with, yeah. you know, the individual walks with God. Yeah. Um, it's important. I mean, you know, cause you get to where I think it's easy. I don't want to mention it. I don't want to mention the name of this organization, but John knows because he's been, but back when we were early in ministry and said, you know, there was a big youth movement coming out of Birmingham. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, We went several times. It was really powerful until it wasn't. And even, even as the success of it was continuing, it got to a point where it's like, they were really good at, if you were not a Christian, especially as a young person, like a teenager in your twenties, if you were not a Christian, they were really good at opening your eyes to God is cool and it, God is like for you and it's not some lame little church service. Right. Um, it's it's exciting, it's fun, and all those things. And people got a lot of people got saved, or at least we, it appeared they did. Right. So I won't go there, but uh, it, it appeared people were getting saved. Um, that was it. Yeah. There was no discipleship, and I think you know that that ministry only lasted about five or five years or so, and its peak. And then before long, anybody in that area of town had been and, you know. Right, es- exactly. Essentially, it's a number. I mean, yeah. there's only so many people that can get saved, number mm-hmm. one, even on a big scale. But <laughs> yeah, then you got to totally. do something with them. And there was no, pr- because it wasn't a church that did this, it was its own entity. There was no filtering people to, to churches where they could be discipled. And it was just, it just turned really weird yeah. once you were saved, kind of. You know, John probably remembers. I mean, he's been I mean, I know it was it was good at time. You went right, didn't you go? Yeah, he went. Um, but it was yeah. it was awesome. 
but we have to be disciples and we have those conversations too it's like it, constantly because so, it's one thing to design a church service for lost people which i think we we're pretty good at i yeah. think so um but then what like it can't be just that you have to focus like the holy spirit moving and how yeah. are we discipling these people and what happens on a monday like we can we can nail down sunday right what about monday well mm-hmm. and i think that's it right like that's that's the that's the whole point of this is it's like church churches historically have done have created an event-based faith yeah where it's like we just go from event to event like conference to you know to a revival to like a guest speaker to like and and we've created what i call tarzan christians where it's like they swing from treetop to treetop mm-hmm. and it's like every time they're getting like oh they were at a conference and they're at a treetop and then they swing low and it's like they're at, they're in a spiritual valley and things are hard until the next conference when they swing up to the next treetop and it's like they're just their life looks like this and i'm like man that's just odd to me that's not a shining example of who Jesus has called us to live. Like that's not the life he called us to live. We all have valleys. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think that it it should be an event based. Like I think God should carry us through those valleys. Like we should become more level in our spirituality as we become more disciplined in some of those things, which even goes back to Eli. Like what I was talking about, you know, in, um, in your faith, like you have grown exponentially in your understanding and your discipleship process over the last year. Yeah. And, um, and for you thus far, now this is going to change in two weeks cause you're joining the leadership pipeline. Ayo. Ayo. <laughs> so, but, um, but for you, like most of it hasn't been an event, right? Like there wasn't events that made this happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, there really weren't church services that made this happen. Although I'm sure that, like those things were helpful, but yeah, it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. those things didn't make that happen. Like the, the discipleship portion for you has been in life. It's yeah. been in conversations yeah. in the car. It's been at the lunch table when we were talking about aspects of your faith that mm-hmm. were shaky or things you didn't understand. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I growing up, like I never went to a church where like that was a primary goal. Like discipleship was never like, I don't want to say they didn't care about Monday, but it wasn't a very like whenever I was going to church, uh, whenever I was younger, like small groups weren't a thing. Like that wasn't yeah. a thing, but like, like you said, most of my growth has been through just us conversating, us conversating. I can't count how many times John and I have had yeah, some crazy conversation. Cause I just, I didn't understand something or mm-hmm. I was confused about something because of my past faith. Yeah. I just, and that's very common, and it's yeah. so easy to be. It's e- it's easy to be confused. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and it's I, like well, that's the thing is, I I I don't think that the church historically has done a good job at preparing people for life. No. So when we come into situations like high school, yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> in that regard. anyways, <laughs> when we go through stuff and we go through things in life. Here's the, here's the thing. And I've said, I said this before, I told this to one of my guys yesterday, my, you know, I've been on a theological journey. My theological journey has shifted over the last five years. Most of it was due to Jabin. And, and I said this, I wrote it in a blog, like on our resource site that we have for our small group leaders. And it was talking about why is theology important? And one of the things I said in that blog was your theology has to be able to stand up against the situations you're going to come in contact with in life. Yeah. Like when you're, when difficulties happen, is your theology big enough 
to hold up against those situations. And I think what happens for a lot of millennials, I think what's happening for a lot of young people is that the religion and the theology that they were given isn't very accurate or their parents have an experience based faith, but not a theologically deep faith. Mm-hmm. So they have this like, well, you just need to spend more time with the Lord. It's like, well, I need to know who the Lord is that I'm spending more time with. Like, so we get into some of those conversations. So I don't think that m- oftentimes the our millennials and our younger people have been set up for the amount of faith that they need um, and an accurate theology that they need to carry it. Therefore, I feel like that's why a lot of them trickle away, right? Because, you know, um, Joel Houston wrote an article one time from Hillsong. What do you, what are you going to do when Christianity is not cool anymore? And like youth groups do a really good job of building this cool mm-hmm. demographic for students. Right. So mm-hmm. it's like, man, everything's cool and everything's fun. It's like, but what happens when it's not yeah. well, like what happens or when you graduate? Well, what happens when you turn 19 and yeah. now you got to go to the other part of the church? Like, have you been built up in the faith or is this right. just cool? But what happens when it's not cool anymore? So they were talking about that and I was just like, wow, that's, that's really, really good. So all that to say is it's like, I agree, man. I think that uh, as churches, we have to get better. We have to get back to and better at genuinely equipping our people um, and discipling them for what it means to walk out this Christian journey. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I think what, you know, we're, like you said, I, you know, they know me. I'm a constant tinkerer. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I think I get on Justin's nerve because I was just walking in his office. I'm like, Hey, what about this? Like, have we tried this? Like, what are we going to do oh, about I don't this? Get on my nerves. And, and, um, cause it's just like I constant like, state of improvement. I enjoy a good tinker. I, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but I'm never, I'm just never satisfied with the level of like, I, I'm always happy. I'm always content, but I'm never satisfied mm-hmm. with like, <clears throat> we can be better. We can, we can do can this better. Be better. Well, yeah. I mean, you're a three on the Enneagram. I know. So what are you? A nine. nine. Okay. A three, a nine. Yeah. Three and a, anyways, I, I danced the three in the eight line. You and Gosh. me both. But, uh, anyway, so yeah, that's what we talked about, man. It's just, a uh, you know, on, on with that point one, it's just like, we will walk what we talk. We're not going to, we're not going to confess a faith that we don't live. Um, and we're certainly not going to confess a faith that's not real. Like we're going to walk this journey out and we're going to walk it together and we're going to figure things out along the way. And some of it's painful. Some of it's not easy. Like, you know, there's, there's many times I say stuff, you know, about, you know, being raised in church and not getting all of what I feel like I should have. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, you know, I'm, we're talking kids shirts and student ministry, not church. Cause I was never in the church service and during those times, but yeah, man, like those things are, um, are so valuable for us. And I always like, look at my dad, like, this isn't a slide at you. Like I'm not, this isn't at you. This is just like talking about, you know, um, that of course he grew up in an event based charismatic type of faith circle. Um, which even, even if you were to ask him, I know he would say this, um, he's been dealing with that ever since Jabin got sick. Because again, that doesn't hold up well. If you need strength, but you, obviously my dad knows he can go to the Lord to get it. That's not what I'm saying. But even if you're struggling, we as pastors are struggling through something. And if your mantra is, I need another conference to help me get through this. What if it's three months away? 
Like you haven't been discipled well enough to meet Jesus on your knees in your bedroom. Now my father has, but I'm just talking about like for those, are we raising people up that need their pastor? Or are we raising people that need Jesus? Like, cause it's Jesus over everything. And that's the hard don't part. Make a, don't make an idol out of me in our mm-hmm. church. Like, right. And that's the hard part of even like that, that with a word of faith, especially using pastor like from a pastor or preacher context. Right. You know, if you are, you know, if, and I don't know that he was, but like kind of, poking fun even at the word of faith of the name and claim it what happens when you are naming it and claiming it and it ain't happening ain't that happening yeah right you know? boy look <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know then then what yeah you know because we're not sovereign god is i'm about to tweet that like we don't we don't get to name it and claim it god names it and claims it and then when we pray for things we're praying that our prayers and we align, align to god's yeah. sovereignty and his will and not we're not shifting god's motives into our right uh, ambitions you know or our prayers like we're aligning ourselves with his movement so that's that's been the biggest thing that i've personally had to deal with in my faith because i was raised in that name it and claim it uh you want to call it a theology sure i was raised in that and then once i realized that's not the only way to go about christianity like it's i'm still dealing with it like it's yeah. And that's Crazy. okay. That's the thing is like, mm-hmm. it's okay. It's okay to deal with it. Yeah. You know, I mean, Justin wrestled, we, you know, wrestled it out for. Bro, I was a, this morning. A good year. <laughs> I was this morning reading up on some stuff. Yeah. You know, like, well, I mean, we wrestled hard together oh, over yeah. for probably a year. Yeah. Like, you know, we would sit down and at, I mean, I remember a specific time at Chick-fil-A, it was me, you and Heather. Yeah. I remember yeah. Heather's head was spinning because we were like going back and forth and you were like, well, what about this? And I was like, well, this is like, we were going I, back. So he, like, we've all done it. I did the same thing with Tyler and Aaron, you know, whenever I got into my theological journey and, and I mean, I'm so grateful for those two brothers, like, because when I was in the thick of it and I mean, I was like lost. So yeah. I was, I grew up how you grew up mm-hmm. in this like charismatic name and claim it type of faith um, that I think had more roots than some people's do but nonetheless i came up in that and then when when i hit this wall when my son got sick i named it i claimed it and nothing changed um and that crumbled man like my theology was experiential not theoretical like so like it crumbled and i sat there in front of two brothers like weeping because i was like if this is god i don't know if i want any part of it because i've done everything he told me to do or i was raised to do and nothing's changed. And it's like, I don't know if I want any part of this. And both of them sat back and were like, you need to, you need to go on this journey and find out who God really is. Not who you were told he is. Who is he really? And as I started going on this journey, I started having tons of questions and they kept, they never gave me answers. They just kept pointing me in the direction of scripture and resources. To, and finally we landed and I feel like I'm in the healthiest theological place I've ever been in in my life. And I feel like I know God better now than I've ever known him in my life. Um, but it took me questioning everything I ever thought was true about theology and religion, you know, um, not Christianity, just the outer ring of it. Right. Jesus is the whole, like he is the gospel, the cross, his payment for our sins. That's not what I'm talking. That That is intact. Yeah. And I don't think that ever changed, but it is who is God around that is what shifted yeah. for me a little bit. But it's a doozy. Boy, listen. I was reading some stuff this morning <laughs> on the, vill- the village church. 
Matt Chandler's a gangster, son. The Village Golly. Church has has some of their resources because he's kind of an outlier even in his world. Yeah, on yeah, he is uh, with with gifts of the spirit and all Charismatic, that. Yeah, um, but their the stuff on their website, how they explain it, is really good. So I was reading something on there, and then it had me read Romans nine. I, I think it was nine. I think it was Romans nine. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, um, but Romans, so, I Romans mean, nine is fire. Yeah. Anyways. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I was reading. I mean, it it doesn't stop. I mean, I got that book. I mean, I got that the systematic theology on my desk. I was, I remember, I showed you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chapter thirty four. Take a gander Spoiler, at it. That'll that'll wreck you. <laughs> chapter thirty four. Serious business. Yeah. So, man, it's just it's such good stuff. And but I think that's the whole thing. It's like I I don't know if I've ever. <sighs> I was passionate about ministry, but I don't know if I was ever passionate about the gospel growing up. Even when I started in student ministry, yeah, I hate to admit that. And it's, if some of our students from back in the day are watching now, like I, I think I was genuinely passionate about seeing their lives change. I think I was genuinely passionate about introducing them to Jesus. I think I was truly passionate about ministry, but I think I was more passionate about introducing them to Jesus than I was passionate about Jesus. And I know that's like, I think that's probably more common than you would think with, I, I, with yeah. ministry. Mm-hmm. I would think so. People, people, and you know, you think hard enough. Surely there was times that like for me was very, I could, now that you say that you can think about, you know, is that, did I, can I relate? You know, it's like, yeah. yeah, a lot of people that have this call to ministry. I think that could be something they wrestle with. They were honest with themselves. Yeah. 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 It's so, not that they don't care about the people and yeah. all that. I, I don't think that's true. Yeah. But, and that's why I think it's so important. I mean, I don't, I don't know who, whoever you are. If you got saved yesterday or if you're a pastor of a church, anyone that's listening to or watching this, like, I think it's important that you have to go on that journey. That's why I'm so encouraged by, like, some of our brothers that are pastors that are part of networks and organizations that are coming out saying, like, man, my theology has been shifting lately. And I'm just like, you know, and oh, I know yeah. who they are. It's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. You know, it's because I think it's like, golly, man, they're so... And to me, it's so rich. Like that's so good that people are going on that journey because I think you, when you're rooted like that, things just don't shake you the way they do otherwise. You know. So, yeah. but anyways, we're gonna walk it like we talk it, and uh, we'll give you these other ones relatively quickly. But uh, what what is what do you got there, point, Justin? Point number two was we see what God sees. We see what God sees, and I think the idea behind that was. Um, it was talking about seeing the gold in people. I mean, that's really what we what we were honing in on. As a church, it's our mission not to just see who people are when they walk in, but see who God has destined them to be. Like we believe that there's a purpose already inside every person. That's why we have grow tracks to help them get there. So because we believe there's a purpose already inside every person, we believe there's gold in there. We just got to help them find it, you know. Um, but, you know, I, I read that and think of that even differently than that. But along the same lines. Yeah, tell me what you got. Like, so, and, and man, I swear we've talked about this before, but I heard Judah Smith in one of his messages talk about this. He's the one who said it. But he was talking about potential. Mm-hmm. And what you're essentially talking about is potential. Yeah. Right? And Which is great. And, like, I think we all have it. I think most people don't realize theirs, and it's important to call that out as leaders. And right, right, right. Disciple people so it comes out, and, and they can be, you know, using what God has placed within them. However... What he was saying was, he he was saying he was kind of you know telling everyone where he had to have a come to Jesus with himself, where he was like he asked himself, "Do I love people or do I love people's potential?" Mm-hmm. And he was talking about God's like God loves me today, right now. 
Yeah. Like, you know, so, so like when I see, like we see what God sees, yes, we should see the potential in them. But also when a new person walks in our church that obviously does not have a put together, it's obviously lost as it can be, obviously is on their last leg, you know, no hope. They walked in your doors. Yeah. You got to see them for that right there. Yeah. And love them in that right totally, there. You totally. know, it's like, yeah. so you can see it both ways and it's powerful both ways. Well, that's why, you know, if you go back, when people listen to the sermon, you, they'll hear it. And it's like, we, that's why we talked about the dirt. You know what I mean? Like we talked about like, well, there's gold inside of everyone, but there's also dirt. <clears throat> yeah. And the dirt doesn't disqualify you from like, it's like, yeah. no, 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 no. I got dirt. We like, yeah. you got it. Mm-hmm. We see the gold beyond the dirt. We see, we see what the purpose and what's in you beyond what you're dealing with exactly. so many so many times people feel disqualified because of what they're going through and it's like no no no. i see what you're going through mm-hmm. and we want to help you through that there's gold in there and you like you know, let's watch dust you off a little bit yeah yeah, yeah yeah or so some of us got to get dusted off a lot but yeah <laughs> hey yo anyways but yeah so and that's why i talked about you know we talked about pastor dan and man always seeing the golden people you know, it's what we talked about. It's just yeah. like he's constantly, and he's and just what you said. He's constantly loving the person because the person deserves to be loved and brought to Jesus, Amen. not because of what they might produce right. later. You know exactly. So that's huge, powerful, so, huge, huge, huge. And then, uh, so the sound effect for that. <laughs> we can drop. We can drop that in. <laughs> the Donny J sound effect. I got it. Yeah. Yeah. we'll put it on the. Oh yeah. Yeah. So uh, when then we said we let our passion drive our pursuit absolutely which number three is the whole thing um you know and that's that we will love what he loves because we love him you know and so um yeah it's powerful dt nile says evangelism is just one beggar telling another where to find bread i've i've never heard the person who actually start quoted that yeah but i've heard td jake say it yeah on a on an interview yeah and it's that's powerful that's dt niles so but it's yeah it is powerful man and so you know it's a it's who we are it's who we're gonna be it's who we're gonna continue to be man our passion drives our pursuit so we love what we love because we love him god loves you god has a plan for you god has a purpose for you and we love god and we love you and we believe that uh, our passion for people and to get them connected to their purpose and to the lord obviously for number one and our love for god um, and to be connected to his purpose for us man when we join those things we really can create um a powerful movement of people plugging into who god has destined them to be so big deal for sure so are we do we give a preview of this sunday's part we of can. the code or we do can. you not do it, that no let's do it um so and we uh as i'm as i'm looking up for next sunday we got a question on facebook live is that right we so did. why don't you why don't you what what it, send that over yeah send okay. it john justin it's coming to justin while i'm looking this up how's it coming oh, it's coming to me sorry we got a question on facebook live the question hey, is first question of the day um we should come do a question and answer one day. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah, been saying sure. this, man. Rapid so, fire Q&A. So here's the question. Don't churches continually need to nurture old and new Christians to allow them to grow in relationship? I'm assuming this is relationship with Christ or relation with Christ. So don't churches continually need to nurture old and new Christians to allow them to grow in relationship with Christ? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
if you, you know, what we were talking about earlier is, you know, our desire. So we're, we're introducing new people to Christ and we have some processes for how to, um, how to get them kickstarted on a journey. But that's even what we were talking about. We were assessing is like going into our new, our next group, next small group semester into the seasons in the future. We've developed what I think is going to be a huge yeah. movement um, in helping develop them in their relationship with Christ. And, yeah. And, so. and, and I would even, I would even push back on the question to the person who, who and not push back in a bad way, but, right. um, because I, I I like the I like the vein of the question, like, yeah. you know, asking that. But I would push back and say I would challenge the word nurture in the question. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I don't think it's it's, and this is a great discussion. You know, I don't think it's our job as a as a church or as Christians. It's not our job to nurture anyone necessarily. Our job is to challenge and to help you grow. And so, if the word nurture in there is nurturing them. And giving exactly what you want and and, and all that, and it never sure. challenges you to grow. Like let's take Eli. Like say say you had come to our church and we just nurtured you in mm-hmm. what your, your context of what you knew. We're yeah. not doing you any favors yeah. there. So yeah. I would push back on the word nurture if it was if it was asked in the context of you know nurturing. Yeah, that, like you, know, that makes you know, what I'm totally so true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, sometimes it is our job not to nurture but to 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 to. to uh, challenge, yeah, you know, I, stretch a little bit. The way I think about it is like this, like, um, at, at some point it even goes back to last week's sermon, right? At some point you have to go from the sitter to the sender. Yeah. You have to go from yeah, the yeah. one like being taken care of to the one that's now taking care of someone else. Like, uh, I, I do think one of the, one of the things that the church historically hasn't done as well at, um, and this is just the church, capital C church, worldwide church, right, right. whatever. I think, uh, and particularly in America, we haven't done as well at is sh- helping people turn that. It's like you were being fed, you were being built up, you were being developed, you helped discover your gift. At what? At some point, and it's different for everyone, the tide has to turn a little bit where now we're resourcing you on how to feed yourself and help feed others. Well, and and then also, which may be the question too. What I like that question a lot because there are some churches that are really good at the evangelism aspect. Right, a lot of new people through the doors, a lot of new faces, a lot of salvations. Right. Right. But there's a backdoor problem because they're so focused on the evangelism that they either don't focus on or maybe don't, don't aren't equipped or know really how to do the discipleship well. So. To the question of the new Christian versus the old Christian is like some churches put a lot of emphasis on the new Christian, yeah, yeah. and the old Christians get forgotten because at some point you're no longer new; you are old, yeah. and you need what you just said. Yeah. You need that, and they don't get it, so they leave, and mm-hmm. then they end up at a church that's good at exactly. that part. But there's never anybody new in the con- there's no new faces, there's no nothing because right. there's they're bad at the evangelism part, or yeah. or it's not a uh, maybe bad's the wrong word. It's not a. Um, a priority maybe. And then, yeah. And so that's been, our, that's been our big push lately, you know, is taking what, the term old Christians, you know, taking people that have been saved in our season in their faith. And it's taking them on a journey of saying, now what, what does God, what does God want to use you to help accomplish in other people's faith? Yeah. So it, it's, it's to new believers. We're speaking to the purpose that will come one day, but the life change that needs to happen right now, for old believers, I think we're talking about the life change that has happened and yep. talking about the purpose that's here today. Like, right, right. So for new believers, it's about the life change that's here today. 
for old believers. It's about the purpose that's here today to help find new believers. Exactly. You know? um, and so I think that it's a lot of those things. And I hope that answers the question. If it didn't, feel free to send us an email or shoot Justin and I a tweet uh, or Instagram. Find us, you know, and, and we'd love to answer that a little bit better if we can, because uh, we definitely want to, you know, again, that's why we elaborated. That's what I talked about earlier when I, I told you, told you guys that I'm a, I'm an inherent tinkerer um, because I, we count things a lot here. Like we do a lot of data. And so when I started looking at the number of people that were going through our small groups, but I wasn't satisfied with the number of people that were saved, but I wasn't, I was satisfied with the number of people being saved. I wasn't satisfied with the number of people that were being developed into yeah. mature believers. Cause that's what Paul said, like right. that we would become fully mature, devoted followers of Christ. I wasn't happy with the maturing process. Um, so, or I should say I wasn't content, not happy. Not, I, I wasn't content. I, I felt like we could be doing better. And so we come up with what I gain, what I think is going to be monumental and helping every person, no matter where they're at in the journey, take more steps right. and become, um, you know, become moved into the season. So I think we nurture young believers. Um, I think we disciple them into mature believers. And once you're an old mature believer, uh, what we want to do is continue to help pour into you so that you can come over here and help more. Um, That's the only way the kingdom grows is not the pastor continues to reach people. It's when old believers get put on mission to reach more young believers and help disciple them. So, and, and for clarity's sake, the old and young we're talking about is not an age thing. We're talking about the it amount of time the they've been saved. That's right. Right, not age demographic. Correct, correct. Yeah, so. Good stuff. Uh, absolutely. Thank you guys for the question. I'm glad you guys asked it. Um, and so, yeah. So tune in next week. Oh, I, I was getting you an answer. Sorry, uh, on what uh, this Sunday's sermon yeah, this is Sunday, going to be. Heart of the House Part 3. Heart of the House Part 3. Technically, it's Part, part four, 4, but it's a third code. Yeah, yeah so uh, Heart of the house part four celebration is not optional Ooh, so I like it we celebrate every person and every story because it all matters it all matters so um so every person that walks through our door matters their face their name matters their story matters um and if our passion drives our pursuit which we love what jesus loves because we love him um then celebrating those people aren't optional. That's right. We have to celebrate every person. That's right. Because every life change matters. So every every number has a name. That's it. That's it. So, man, thank you guys for tuning in. Justin, tell me where they can find more on the church. You can find us online at transformationchurch.com or Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola. All right, guys. So we appreciate it. Eli, thank you for being with us. Eli, thank you for having me. I'm glad you got to defend yourself. I am with too. your driving abilities. Say that again. Do you feel vindicated? I do. I do Good. feel very vindicated. Good. Okay. You can have the rest of the day off. Shoot. Well, don't, say, don't tell them that. Yeah. No. Say nothing but a word. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, hey, listen, we appreciate you guys tuning in with us. We'll see you guys next week for another week, another sermon, another follow-up podcast. Later. Later. Thanks for tuning in to the Transformation Church weekly follow-up podcast. It would mean so much to us if you would subscribe, like, and review on iTunes. You get double points if you show us love by sharing it with your friends. Don't forget, you can follow Pastor Justin and Pastor Brad on Instagram and Twitter at Justin Oswald underscore and at Brad Livingston underscore. You can tweet them your questions and comments or email them to us at followup at transformationchurch.com. For more info on Transformation Church, visit us online at transformationchurch.com and on Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola. We'll be here next week where we will help create context and drive conversation to learn more of what God has for us.